Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present... Oh, now she's now she we're here, and I that is, dang it, dang it, dang it. That's a new opening, and I and there was one step I forgot. So I started talking, and you were sitting in the background, and nobody could see you, but now they can. So, so, but that's that's what happens when you do live radio. So that's right. In any event, we might even not even cut that out and and stuff. But anyway, uh, Kim Nishida is with us, and she is an a intuitive. She is an energy worker. She has a, a website, which I invite you to go to, which is called soulconnectioncommunity.com, which is soulconnectioncommunity.com. And uh, she's sitting right over there. So, Kim, thank you. I've been looking forward to doing this all day. Oh, me too. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. It is so much fun. And so tell me a little bit about, <clears throat> well, I know that you were in uh, Behind the Power. You spoke last year, and your what you talked about touched a lot of people in a real positive way. And um, I, can can we go down that road just a little bit and talk about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I first of all want to say that me speaking on a stage was a totally terrifying thing and not something I'd ever dreamed I would do. And that's kind of what happens when you meet Allison Roberts and you start doing things that you never thought you would ever do. Um, yeah, it's kind of feels like things are out of your control, but it was an amazing experience. Um, and the story I'll, I'll share with you really quickly. So Kevin, I, you know, I wrote a chapter in the first behind the power book and I shared that chapter with, I was pretty darn proud of that chapter. I wrote it. I shared it with Allison. I'm like, what do you think? And she's like, yeah, it's good. And I'm like, okay, good. I'm glad you think so. And she goes, but it's not good enough. And I know, right? And she goes, you're hiding. Like, you're hiding. And I said, no, it's a good chapter. I was actually kind of mad. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then, but I knew in my heart she was right. So she's like, I'm not going to accept this chapter. And I said, okay, fine. And there was a lot of, you know, wailing and gnashing of teeth and things. And it's like, okay, let me write another chapter. And it was this chapter I never thought I would write. Um, because in that chapter, I it started off with revealing I had an eating disorder when I was in college and kind of that, that whole thing that I, who wants to go public with that? Right. So, but it was the right message to, to share. And I was glad that I did it. Then when it came time to do the talk for some reason, so the chapter was really hard for me. It was a struggle. It was after she didn't accept the first one, it was a lot of work to get that second one out and a lot of fear and a lot of stuff coming up when it came time for the talk. However, it just, came out of me like I it wasn't even like I just knew what needed to be said and it felt good but I was I, when I presented it to Allison and the group they're like it's perfect don't change a word so um doing it on stage I knew it was like I could feel it was like a soul connected message for me to share with whoever needed to hear it I didn't know who um but it felt good and it was basically the story of you know, I kind of, I did a little bait and switch with the audience. Um, I started off with a story. I said, let me share a story with you. And I started sharing my story of who I am and how I grew up. Um, youngest of three children, the only daughter, um, thought I was a burden. Like everyone felt sorry for my parents because I was an accident. No one, they didn't plan to have me. And so. Me too. Oh, really? Okay. Were you the youngest as well? I was. And, and when I asked my mom, um, what did dad, what did you, what did dad say when you told him you were pregnant with me? And she said, well, he wasn't too upset. Thanks mom. <laughs> no, my, when I asked my mom, he, she's, she said, well, your dad said, we'll figure something out. Like <laughs> it was kind of like, <laughs> okay, well, we'll make it work. Kind of like that. It was just kind of like, well, okay, I don't know what we're going to do, but we'll make it work. Um, and so I was on the stage sharing that story. And then I, there was a pause and I just said, oh my God. I am so sorry 
I really need to start over. Is that okay with you if I start over? And of course, everyone in the audience was like, oh my God, sure, that's that's fine. And I had people from home watching. I had like coworkers watching and they were like, oh my God, you never say sorry. You never like, when you're speaking, you never say sorry. Um, but I said, okay, I'm gonna start over. And I started over again with a completely different story. I'm the youngest of three children and I was always loved and adored. My family cherished me. And, you know, so it was this whole other, the first story was the one I believed. And the second story was the true story. Do you know what I mean? Um, oh yeah. And by the way, that was brilliant of you to do that because when you did that and you were vulnerable on stage and you were like, Oh man, this isn't, this isn't right. You had everybody in your hip pocket at that moment. Cause they then were, they were vested in your success. That's true. You know, I, and I felt the love. I look, could look around and they're like, Oh yeah, it's okay. Start over again. And then they're like, Oh, we see what you did. <laughs> <laughs> But I felt like I was living, like I had lived my life with that first story, but I didn't even know it was there. And so the rest of my talk went on to, here's how it showed up in my life. I was a people pleaser. I felt like a fraud, like all these different things. Um, and then my progressive journey to discovering the story and deciding, being committed to doing whatever it took to release it. Now, when you discovered your story, did you discover that with the help of Allison or were you already going down that road and sought her help because you knew that there was something that you needed to work on? It wasn't with Allison, but it was with somebody else. So in that talk, I shared that there was this other um, intuitive person I know. I actually knew her as a business coach, but she's super intuitive. intuitive. Her name's Therese. And there was a day where I tell the story of how she, Therese actually, I credit her for helping me get my husband. Um, that's a whole other story. Um, but I had the husband, we got the house, you know, I've got my own business. Things weren't great with the business at the time, but life was pretty good. And there was, I was driving down the, the road one day, like I just come back from a run at the beach. I live in California and I just was driving. And I'm like, I told myself, wow, I am so happy. Like I have the man of, of my dreams he loves me so much and i actually said out loud i am so happy which i know is not something i probably ever uttered out loud or even thought in my life before and like i don't even know like less than 30 seconds after i said that i'm at a red light and a, a van comes up behind me without even hitting the brakes it slams right into me like it was like i'm so happy and then like bam <laughs> and i felt like you know People say shit happens, but it's like, no, something is going on. Like the universe is like, you think you're happy? Let's fix that. Cause that's not your reality. Your reality is you don't deserve to be happy. So let's get you back on track. And that's when I thought I need to fix this. Cause I don't want to live my life that way. So I reached out to Therese and she helped me uncover the story, which I was horrified. I didn't know that story was there. How do you go through life and, and, be living with a story because I think this is common to a lot of people is that they don't even recognize that this story is there yet. It's dominating their life. How did, how did you come up with it? That, that you knew that story was even there. Oh gosh. It was a whole process of uh, question inquiry. I can't even remember exactly how we came up with, like we uncovered it, but I remember that moment of realization and the knowing in my gut that it was true, like that story was true, that that's something I believe like, and there was just this, like, my heart dropped into my stomach. I was just like mortified first. Like I went through all the stages. It's like, I was horrified. I was really sad. Then I got really angry and it was, a, it was a day, <laughs> but it, it but it was definitely a lot of inquiry and I definitely been going down that road of like personal development, right? Looking for answers. And I'd been starting on that road for a while. I, I think I probably started on that road when I uh, became a coach. So I became like a life coach, certified coach in 2003. So that's, you know, they, they teach you all kinds of tools and stuff to help other people. But of course you're always helping yourself at the same time. And that was 2003. They, the, 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 the coaching phenomenon was just taking hold at that time. Yeah. Yeah. 
and the, because I, I was doing the radio show and suddenly all these coaches were getting certified and they wanted to come on the show and, and stuff. And it was, uh, but it's interesting that 20 years later, there are a lot of the, the really good coaches are the ones that were intuitive by nature mm-hmm. and, and could really delve into. And it's like, it's like Allison, when she basically said, you know, Kim, this story is good, but it's bullshit because it's not where you should be talking about. The, the, what you should be talking about is this, and it's real, and, and she she brought that out of you, and that's a good coach. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of when the coaching industry kind of adopted the term coaching, right, because I think there were a lot of people doing this kind of work, but they didn't really have a name. Right. And when they kind of defined it, and Thomas Leonard is kind of one of the, he was often considered the father of coaching back in the day. Um, he founded so many of the coaching uh, organizations that exist today before he passed away in 2003, I think he did pass away. Um, but I think when he described it, there are so many of us who are like, oh my God, that's what I do. Like in their jobs, in their lives, we were already doing it. We just didn't have a, a word for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So let's, let's talk about soul connection. What is soul connection? You know, and you know, I know you're so you, you and I talked earlier, like you're very woo, like, (laughs) so I can talk about anything, but like soul connection to me is just when you're connected with the true essence of your being. And I do believe that on, at the end of the, the day, we're all connected and we all come from the same place and we're all, you know, we're just different iterations in this lifetime. So it's really remembering that because when we come to this lifetime, we completely separate and forget most of us, not all of us, but most of us forget that we are connected to each other and our own soul in that way. So it's just, that's why we feel separate and lonely. Um, So getting back, I I think our, our journey of our whole life, and I don't know what you believe is like, it's just a journey back to remembering who we are. Um, Holy crap. Do you know who Donald Walsh is? Yes. <laughs> Neil Donald Walsh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wrote conversations with God. I've had a chance to interview him several times. Everyone who is on track and is on path says virtually the same thing, yeah. whether it is, whether the fact that like, in in conversations with god he says we are all one and we are all one which is a very simplistic and very complicated statement all at the same time yeah and and that we are trying to remember or remember or rejoin our who we the the community of who we really are and it's so it's 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 powerful stuff that you're talking about isn't it it's powerful and it's so and like you said it's it's simple and it's not simple. It really is simple, <laughs> but we make it very complex. Let's say that we make yes, it we very do. difficult. Things as an example, when you, when you take a look at the divisiveness of our society, whether you, if you are mm. a Christian or a, a Jew or an agnostic or, or whatever, we tend to categorize each other as different yeah. when we are not, we are still all the same we have the same dna we come from the same place we have the same energy and and we're going back to the same place as well and you know that well right right and well i think a lot of it's taught right like we're taught how to see the world yes we're we're taught how to categorize things you know unfortunately and and it's only in in all our parents and all of the people around us um, teachers everybody they're only doing the best they can as well they're only taking what they have been taught so it's just and then you factor in like you said religion or society and culture and that's all got a construct and it's just it's hard it's hard not to take it on i mean you're not rewarded if you don't take it on right um but the but the basic concept the basic idea that you have here is to reconnect to your soul and your purpose and who you really are and what you what you're really here to accomplish and what you're really here to do i think that's just fascinating work well and i think that's what we're all longing for at the end of the day whether we know it or not you know and that's why we get into careers 
um, that don't suit us, but because it's there's a good logic for it, right? And then you, you hear about people burning out or feeling unfulfilled and the midlife crisis, all of that stuff, because they're not soul connected. They're not doing, and it's, you know, it's always like presented as a pipe dream, like follow your bliss, right? That's almost like, oh, that's kind of hippie stuff. Like it's not response. It's irresponsible to do that. Yes. So. Yes. And, and it's not, uh, but you know, following your bliss is, gives that connotation that it is, but, but my, my, everybody that I know, and, and I would be interested in your opinion on this. Everybody that I know at one point in their life says, why am I really here? And is this all there is? I mean, is it the two kids, the picket fence, the dog, the house, the, you know, the job, and then I retire and then I don't have enough money to go travel. So I have to sit in my house and watch 28 hours of TV a week and sit there and wait till I die. Is that all there is? There's got to be more than that. Everybody seems to go through that at one point in their lives. And I think it's their soul saying, Hey, stupid, I'm here. <laughs> I like it over here. Like <laughs> over here, you, you've got, you've got a whole agenda that you have to fill. And, and that, and by the way, you designed the agenda yourself. And so I'm here to help you, uh, to, you know, fulfill the agenda and what you had always wanted for yourself. And, uh, it, but a lot of times it takes someone like you to be able to bring that out in us so that we can understand it. Yeah, I definitely, it's hard to do it for yourself a lot of times just because we're so, we've been so, well, especially, I don't know, there's, there's lots of people, I, I'm very, I don't like categorizing people. I know there's so many different people and we all have different perspectives, but if there's, if you're like me, you were kind of the person who was like, you were the good girl, you follow the rules, you try to make others happy. Um, and so kind of falling out of those lines would put you in danger, right? It put you at risk of upsetting somebody um, and following your soul didn't seem like a, a safe thing. Cause it's like, what is that? Like, <laughs> what is that? Follow your soul. You know, it, it, it's more like, no, I need to know the rules. Tell me what, what's expected of me. And I'll just follow those rules. Uh, again, of course, there's a lot of people who are like, tell me what's expected of me. And I'm going to do completely the opposite, right? They're going to rebel and I'm not going to do that, but I'm also not going to follow my soul. Um, and I think we get into this, it's the ego saying, this is who I am. I'm the good girl or I'm the rebel. And so we fall into that and hold on to it tight versus looking in and checking in and saying, is this who I really am? You know, now it becomes my identity. Well, now I have to be the rebel because that's what people expect of me. Um, and how do you help people strengthen and heal their connection to their soul? It's really, and it's kind of like you're saying, like, we're all one. Like, it's so simple. <laughs> like, it's so simple, <laughs> but it's not. But it really is. It's like, even when you're talking about, like, you get to a point in life where is that all there is? And I think, and we suffer, right? We suffer when we're thinking that. Yeah. And we suffer because we're not really being in the present moment. We're either regretting the past or we're thinking about the future and how we don't have enough money. We haven't achieved what we wanted. We still need to do all these things. And so we're kind of not here. And so getting connected with the soul really that I found, and there's so many different ways. And I'm super, like, if you know me at all, it's like, I am super wrapped up in, there's no like blueprint. <laughs> there's no like step-by-step -step thing you can do and be soul connected. It's your personal journey and you have to kind of play and discover. So I'm really into playing curiosity. Um, but it's really coming down to being present, whether that's through meditation or, you know, being in nature or whatever it happens to be, it could be journaling. I don't know what, like it's different for different people but it's just giving yourself the time and space to do that, just to be present and say, even saying out loud or internally setting the intention, like I do wanna connect with my soul. And I usually start, if people are having trouble, I start with heart connection um, because to me, that's the gateway to the soul. 
if you can if you can understand and you can open your heart um energetically and 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 really be open to to other people and other and experiences and and recognize that for good or for bad it's, it's all it's all actually in my opinion it's all good because it's it's all an experience that we need to have to become the person that we have are designed to be absolutely i totally agree, agree with you on that yeah so so i got I, I gotta ask you now we've got we've got our soul okay and this is this is where it gets complicated for folks we got our soul and then we've got spirit guides and then we've got angels over here and then how does that in in your world i know you've given it quite a little little a lot a lot of thought about it how does it all work I mean, how does it all work? Yeah, the angels, I'm glad you mentioned the angels because they're always there. And like, I, I feel like, you know, they're helping us along our way, right? And they're never thinking like, oh my God, what is she doing? Like, <laughs> I can't believe she's doing that again. Like, they're so loving, you know, they're just so encouraging and loving. And it's like, they're not judging us ever. And they're just so ready to help um, at any time. So they're, they're there, they're like, you know, you have your soul. And I agree with what you said earlier, like when you said like, hey, you actually came up with this plan before you came into this life. It's like, we came up with our own agreements before we came into the world. Uh, do you know Dr. Sue Mortar? Not yet. I hope too soon. She is, she explains it wonderfully. She has this lovely metaphor. I love her um, called the bus stop conversation where, you know, people are getting ready to come to this life and these souls or these beings, these presences are at the bus stop and they're all talking to each other. Hey, what are you going to go to earth to experience? And so what's your journey? What are you going to do? And so we all come up with our own thing and, and ask others for help. Hey, well, I really want to experience um, shame so I can heal from it and then help others. And then someone will say, well, I can help you with that. I can come <laughs> to your life and be your parent or, you know, like, so there's this conversation that happens. And then she talks about us, our souls coming to this lifetime and she calls it the big splat and when the big splat happens we all just like like our beings just like out and it, then it's the rest of our lives trying to recollect all those pieces and i totally resonate with that it's like we have this soul that's mm, you know i believe there's multiple lifetimes that we keep coming back there's things we've experienced um and so it's it's just kind of this essence it's kind of how I see it. And we just, we forget, like if you call it a splat or you just call it, we just disconnect. Um, and it's just that journey back to, we're here to have a human experience. And that is not like all roses and sunshine, it's to experience things, the good and the bad, all of the emotions, all the feelings, and then to evolve, so. You know, what's really interesting about that is if you believe like I do, and and it really is in my world it's more of annoying now is that um this is a grand illusion and a great game because it at the end of the day it doesn't really matter uh because if we survive it and but this isn't who we are and so we still get to go back to heaven or to home i like to call it home more so yeah. and and we can review what we did and laugh about it cry about it a little bit but but it at the end of the day it doesn't define us and it doesn't really matter uh, because this is kind of like a grand stage play so so you're right it's like it's like a bus stop you well you want to you want to learn about forgiveness well you know i love you dude but i'll give you something to forgive about right and 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 stuff and so you know we so we can learn the lessons that we want to learn while we're here but at the end of the day on your last day when when it's all said and done and you cross over you're like whew well now i get to go back and do it again right right no and i call it the great homecoming you know yes it's that great homecoming and and it's so interesting how you you said like it doesn't really matter at the end of the day it doesn't really matter but here on earth if you told most people that they would get very upset with you <laughs> they would get very upset with you because it's it they would be like no it does matter this is like we're all in it's high stakes and that's how most people live their lives this is a high stakes situation 
Yep, and the and the sin thing and all that kind of you know we've got a whole lot of of stuff that we've put around our existence here, um, and we forgot that if we just care for each other and be kind to one another and and to relax and enjoy the life that we have, which means that I you know there are people that are going to listen to this in the future that I'm going to implore them next time you leave your house stop look at the sky look at the trees mm -hmm. look at the people around you and just enjoy the moment mm -hmm. yeah I, and i think especially that's the like the talk about suffering i think in buddhism they talk about suffering quite a bit and it's like a suffering's all an illusion it's an illusion we make up with our minds and when you really get quiet and you're in that present moment you're like oh actually there's nothing that there's no suffering happening here um even if you're going through a really deep emotional time and I'm not trying to belittle or make light of whatever that time is, it's still part of that whole fullness of experience that we get to, to be here for. And it's a grand adventure. Yeah. Uh, I, I just love the concept of think, think about this. You, you get to, you get to be at home and everything is perfect and everybody loves each other and it's just a perfect society. And then you get to come here and you get to learn all about hate, division and fear. And, and you forget everything that you uh, know about the other side. And, and you have to spend your entire lifetime reacquiring that information and stuff and remembering who you really are. And some, some of us make it and some of us don't. Right. Although I feel like, you know, I feel like, what was it? 2012, right? 2012 was yes. when the, Mayan, the whole Mayan calendar thing, right? And yes. Were, and so ten, it's almost 10 years ago. Um, it's amazing. Um, so, but I feel like since that time, and that's when Eckhart Tolle, I guess he wrote that A New Earth before that, before 2012. But right. that's what he was referring to. And I feel like there has been a super rise in consciousness there's been the rise in the feminine there's been like this ur this urgency to get back into balance between masculine and feminine and um i feel like i've met more people younger people who are coming to getting to the work sooner <laughs> rather than later like some of us and they're learning it faster they're more open or they're even not having as much baggage as a lot of other people did so i feel like it's a good thing like we're churning and um I, I, faster. I couldn't agree more. By the, by the way, another thing that people get, in, I get into trouble about is when I say there's a reason why we get old and die is so that the um, evolution of the consciousness will continue to move forward because of people who have the same beliefs mm -hmm. that they had in the sixties that they do now. And if those were allowed to continue, then there wouldn't be, a moving forward of the consciousness. And that's one of the things that we are all tasked with doing is to move the, the consciousness forward. Do you agree with that part? I definitely agree with that. I mean, even if you look back at things, I mean, it's frustrating in some ways because it feels like some things don't move very quickly at all. <laughs> um, some things like racism don't seem to progress very far at all even through decades, right? Um, but it is progressing. It's I can see like, especially like, oh my gosh, after 2020, like things really started turning a little quicker. Um, and it's a lot of healing that needs to happen. I mean, it's the whole thing. There's a lot of healing that needs to happen. And I think sometimes people feel like, I just wanna heal like it's an easy thing, but it's not easy necessarily. And it takes time. And so there has to be patience, there has to be, compassion there has to be um uh well self-compassion i think that's that's the thing too is we start to be really hard on ourselves um i i know i've been there that's that's been me i've i've had to do a lot i was like this is this is so funny how we get i'm really into stories kevin like the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we believe and the identities we take on and one identity i took on when i started the self-help thing or personal development was like people talked a lot about healing and stuff like that and that was like a trigger for me i'm like healing i i don't need to be healed 
Like I'm not broken. I don't need healing. That's not for me. That's for other people. Um, so I'm like, I'm a person who doesn't need healing. Like <laughs> it was like this little thing. I don't need that. So if you start talking about healing, I'm going to check out mentally. Um, but healing does need to happen. And it's once you kind of, it feels like a loss of control. If, so if somebody, if you're a control freak or recovering from control freak like me, <laughs> then being vulnerable and open to healing can feel very unsafe. Um, and alarming and I, but it's really a beautiful thing. It's just not always easy. It's just, we can't just blink and you're healed. Unfortunately. It, it seems to me that it takes a certain amount of life experience and to get to a certain point where you are then willing to say, because I, I've been, I've been through that as well, where you're saying, Nope, you know, I got this. I'm fine. I don't need anybody's help. I can do this by myself. Just leave me the hell alone. I'm fine. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And you get to a point where then you open up and you allow someone like you to work with you and to delve deep without judgment, without, without any, any um, repercussions of being able to tell the story. And then you can let them, let them go And it's, but that's a hard place for some people to get to. It's hard. And I remember when I first started learning the concepts of coaching and you had to be the best, the coaches are non, they don't judge you, right? They don't judge you at all. They don't get attached to your results or what happens. And that can be difficult. Um, And when you're that person for somebody, this is the thing that I, I was a little surprised about when I first started coaching formally was if you're holding space for somebody in a non-judgmental way, no matter what they're telling you, you are probably the first person who has ever done that for them. And it's such a gift because we're all holding all this stuff inside, feeling like people are going to judge us and there's going to be repercussions or something. Um, And it's just, just having the space to like not be judged is so freeing. That's, that's healing in of itself, you know, Oh, very much so. Very much so. Is it as a coach, when somebody comes to you and they have a story or they have got something that, that you, um, as a human being, because you're a coach, but you're still a human being that you vehemently disagree with, how do you keep your judgment out? That's hard. I remember like, um, God, I think I had like early days of coaching. I think there was somebody who she had some belief that was totally like, I totally got it. My shit. I can't even remember what it was about, but it was about something. It was like pretty black and white for me. I feel like it was hunting or something like that. <laughs> like, I, I don't even know. Like, I, okay. So I'm a, I also am an animal communi- communicator. Like I'm vegetarian. I don't, you know, so hunting animals just doesn't make sense to me. Um, most of the time. Okay. No. I, I got to tell you, if, because I know you're an animal communicator, and it seems to me that if you if, if you can talk to the animals, you probably don't want to eat them anymore. You don't want to eat them, no. <laughs> it's not not doable at all. So, I, you know, you just have to come to a place of love. Like, this is this person's journey. You know, you love that person where they are, no matter what story they're wrapped up in. But then you can also lovingly say, and that's a story you're wrapped up you're wrapped up in, right? Like that's how Allison could do that for me. It's like, yeah, I'm going to call you on your stuff. It's just like, I'm not judging you. And let's look at, let's get curious about, is this really you? Because when we're holding on tight, and this is what happens is you hold on to an identity. Like I held, had an identity. I don't need to be healed. And then someone challenges that identity or questions it then you really hold on tighter, right? Don't you ever do that? Like when someone's like, well, no, you're not. And you're like, yes, I am. (laughs) And and so when you're like, well, okay, I can see why the question I always go, my go-to question um, is, is that serving you? You know, whatever this is that we're talking about, is that serving you? And if it's serving you and you feel it is with who you are today, it's different if it served you in the past is it serving you today? And if it is, then okay, that's, that's fine. 
you know, let's be fine about it. We don't need to judge it. We don't need to criticize. I don't expect people to be like me, you know. Well, that's the interesting thing about the human experience is that we all get to have a different experience, even though we're having the same experience. Right. Right. And you can see it like once you start to go around and you see people getting angry and upset, um, especially about something like politics, and you can see it's coming from I'm right, you're wrong sort of thing. And it's really tight in it's like, wow, it's really embedded in their identity. Um, and that's how then there's no conversation happening because it's this wall that's put up. There's this deep divide of separation and it's not opening up to love and this whole, <laughs> you, you couldn't say like, well, we're all one and connected. <laughs> They're gonna <be> like... <laughs> <laughs> hey, interestingly enough, I do have one of those uh, people in one of those conversations in my life, which is um, years ago, I, I had a, this goes back 20 years. I had a boss and he was a district sales manager and, uh, and I was the sales the salesman and we became friends over time. And one of the, the cornerstones of his existence was integrity, the existence of truthfulness, integrity, and that you always do the right thing. Fast forward 18 years. And we'd since he did not like president Obama, who I thought was maybe one of the best presidents we've ever had. And, um, and so we fell out of contact and then, then I, then we contacted each other again and he now is a firm believer in, uh, Donald Trump. And that was not, it was not possible for me. And I said, but, but, but Mike, what about your integrity? Is it your integrity is and truthfulness and honesty and doing the right thing are really, really important to you. How can you defend somebody who doesn't uphold those values? And so because he wanted to be right, he, he was willing to trash his entire thing to go do something else because then he could be right about that and disregard the things that he had held so closely to him in his earlier life. And it was, and it was for me, it was became a deal breaker. We could no longer uh, even have a good conversation because he, I couldn't trust that he was, that he had integrity anymore or that he would be honest about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's interesting. Like I didn't think we'd go down this road, but um, I didn't either, but that's, <laughs> but as you, as you, as you said, when we started, sometimes I just don't know where I'm going to go. So, Oh, we don't have to, if you feel uncomfortable. No, 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 it's not that at all. It's not that at all. Um, I, so when, uh, I think Trump before Trump got elected and he was considering running or something like that, or maybe he was even gotten the nomination to be the Republican nominee. And I had a client, um, who's, who's Muslim and he had written a beautiful book. Uh, that eventually got published by Hay House. And he's just so spiritual and he's such a beautiful human being, just a beautiful being, just, uh, and we were talking about Trump for some reason. And he, and he's like, gosh, gosh, I hope he doesn't get elected. Um, and he's not even American, this client of mine. And I said, oh gosh, no, I hope he doesn't either, but I could see it as a possibility. I can see it as a possibility unfortunately. And I said, and if it does happen, I can see why it might be a good thing because he's going to reveal um, the truth of what a lot's going on in this country. And it's not that he created people who had these ideas and beliefs that were similar to his, they were already there. They just weren't being vocal and visible. So once you get that out though, then that starts a conversation. You know what I mean? So it was like this whole thing happening. And even with Trump, like, okay, I'm not a Trump supporter. Um, very far from it. I, I did my fair share of marching after he got elected. <laughs> um, and I've come to a place of seeing him from a place of love 
because I see how very terrified he is. I, in my mind, I see him as a very scared person who doesn't, has never felt loved. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Not that I like him at all, or I'm going to do anything like I just, but I, I, I see where he's coming from. He's in that place of not, his consciousness isn't there yet and he feels not loved. So he's doing everything he can to get acceptance and approval. And it's never enough. And this is what we all do. This is what we all do when we don't feel loved. When we don't feel loved, we're going to do whatever it takes to fill that hole, whether we know it or not, and whether we say it's love or not, you know? Um, no, I, I agree. I agree with you hundred percent. And I'll even go and say this, that I think that um, Trump was necessary for us to begin the healing process that was so deeply ingrained in some of us that nobody ever talked about. I 100% agree with you. Now people are talking about it. Right. And they're right. realizing that we have a long way to go. You can't heal these things without talking about it, you know, or even having the awareness. And I think that's, that's all of us. Like, uh, you know, there's certain levels of awareness that we have and it's been a lot more, it's been waking up a lot, a lot of people. And I think that was necessary, not fun. Like if you, if you have any astrologer friends <laughs> and they saw this cataclysmic thing coming, you know, especially with 2020 and they're like, yeah, this all makes sense. This is what needed to happen so that we can then move forward as uh, conscious beings. It, if everything is held in the shadows, which is where a lot of a lot of the negative human behaviors and the things are, they're kind of swept under the rug. They're held under the shadows, so that but they don't. They, so they never get exposed. So we don't talk about them, and we don't ever heal from them. And so it festers, and it becomes the, the interesting. It becomes the same over and over and over again. But you know, the thing that heartens me the most are the young people that are growing up in our country now. Yeah. Um, it, 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 as an example, racism is going to go the way of the dodo bird because kids, quite frankly, and, and also the acceptance of other lifestyles, um, gay and lesbian people, and, and, um, and the, all of that stuff is going to go away because the kids don't care. They've grown up with it. They've grown Yes. Yes. And, you know, again, we're learning a lot of things. So there's this, there's groups of, there's generations of people who just don't accept, you know, someone who thinks differently, acts differently, different values, and they teach that to their kids. And you can kind of see it, although I do, I agree with you. I do see that it's, it's changed. I think the younger generations now are starting to think, question more for themselves. Like they're learning to question more. Whereas I think earlier generations we were taught not to question <laughs> we weren't rewarded for questioning and so i think they're i think definitely there's that's going on that they're questioning and i i just feel like they're more i'm seeing a lot more i don't know if you're seeing this but and i, I live in california so it's a pretty uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you and i both live on what is affectionately called in the middle of the country Yep, yeah, they live on the left coast out there. <laughs> so, but I am seeing more, um, especially with girls, you know, there's a lot more confidence, you know. So one of my stories too is like, because I, no one ever told me to do this, but for some reason, Kevin got into my head because I wasn't worthy or all this and stuff. I decided to follow my brother's footsteps who I really looked up to and my father, and I'm like, I'm gonna go to college to be an engineer. Okay, that could have, that's the worst idea ever. Um, so I applied to all these schools to be an engineer. Um, and I got into one <laughs> and I went there and my first semester, it was like civil engineering. I didn't even know what it was. And the first class, there was like, this is what civil engineering is. And I'm like, thinking to myself, I don't wanna do that, <laughs> I don't wanna do that. <laughs> why am I here? And I had no aptitude. It was the worst experience ever. Actually, that's why I developed an eating disorder. Cause I went from like an A student to like a C minus student. And it was horrifying. Um, but my parents never judged me the whole time. Um, but 
when I was in that place of like following in that those footsteps, I totally think I just lost my train of thought, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you were uh, following your footsteps. Uh, no, let's see. I'm, I'm, I don't know either, but that's okay. <laughs> it was a good story too. It was going to go. It was going somewhere. It was. It'll, going- it'll come back. It'll, it'll come back. And that, that's the cool thing about, well, first of all, is do you do a lot of podcasts? Um, no, not really. I like, and, I, I like to, having this, I mean, I like having cool conversations for sure. Yes. Well, see, and that's, if you haven't done this much, it's easier to lose your train of thought and because you're a little nervous and all that kind of stuff. And so as we do this more, and first of all, will you come back so that we can talk some more? Oh, I would love to. Yeah, this is great. We can talk all day. I'm I'm in, in, in thoroughly enraptured with with your energy and who you are and and the types of things that you're working f- with and to, and to develop and to help people who are interested in in getting in regaining their soul connection and and really figuring out a different way to live and and like you said you by the way I cannot see you in an engineering school of any kind of any way I know what the point of the story was correct. Well, so at the time, so this was 1984, wait, 1984. And uh, when I was in this program, this was at UC Berkeley. It was like 99% men versus women. So I was one of like maybe three women in the program or something like that. And my nephew just graduated from UC Berkeley from the College of Engineering just this past May. And I went to his graduation and I, I did not graduate from the College of Engineering, by the way, <laughs> just just to put that to rest. Um, I had to change to English major, which was awesome. But he graduated. I went there and there were so many women graduating, like in some departments, it was more women than men. And so I feel like this is what's happening. Like this is the tide turning um, with so many different things, because back in the day, back in the day, women were told they couldn't do things like science, <laughs> like math, right? Remember Barbie? Do you remember the talking Barbie who said, math is hard? <laughs> like, this is what I grew up with. Math is hard. Um, so I think things have really shifted quite a bit. There's more awareness and that's how things slowly shift out. So racism, I think you're exactly right. Um, LBGTQ, more awareness, more awareness, and things becoming normal, even to the point with now in, in shows that we're watching on Netflix or whatever, whatever streaming platform, having more actors of color in roles than they ever used to have. You know, it's just, it's, 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 it's starting to, it hasn't gotten there yet. It hasn't gotten there yet, but we're trying to normalize things more, you know? I remember the first interracial kiss on television. Do you remember that? Was that in the heat of the night? That was not a television. That was a movie. What was that? Star Trek. Oh. The, the original series, and it was um, Ohura, the communications. She was, she was a beautiful black woman. I loved her, I, yeah. And, and um, um, Captain Kirk. and But they were... They were um, captured, and they and these people could do mind control, and so they kissed, but it was a forced kiss because somebody else made them come together, and because they could control their body and their mind, so they made them do that. So it wasn't even a real kiss, but that was the first in, and that was like in 1968. Okay, that's why I don't remember it, but that was. <laughs> <laughs> But that I remember that show. No, so that was a big deal. I'm sure there was quite an uproar about that. Oh, there it was a it was a big deal. It it was a big deal. Well, you know, and all the way back to the in the late fifties when, uh, you know, um, Lucy, I love Lucy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the first person to actually be really pregnant on on TV. I remember that. I know. Isn't that so? See, even though sometimes we feel like things have not change very much they actually have changed and to us it feels very slow but you know i think things can change like that sometimes and and the sad thing is there are some people that 
really do not want change because they're scared of it. Um, they're, they're frightened of the fact that they're going to lose their whatever it is that they think that they have that they really don't have to begin with, but they're they're scared of losing that. Well, and, yeah, that's understandable. Like that's where the compassion comes in because we're all scared of. I mean, change is scary. Um, change is scary, and uh, I think it's the whole identity though. It's the ego. Like when you release and surrender to we're all one, that kind of thing, like we're all coming from the same place, we're all connected in some way. If you can finally get to that place, it feels so freeing. It's very empowering. There's no more, I got to win, I got to beat these people. There's no competition. It just, but when you're separate, it is, it's a very much a competition. Um, and you feel like, well, if this person's winning, then I'm losing. And especially in this culture, and we reward winners. We don't look very well on losers, quote unquote losers. So that's, that's all wrapped up in identity. And there's so much wrapped up in our identity that it just, it makes it hard to unravel and let it go. Um, you know, and you know, what's, what's really interesting for me. I, I have a saying that I say sometimes, and I say it sometimes just to irritate people uh, because it does. Uh, cause I, cause I say, um, <laughs> I just want you to know that your life is empty and meaningless. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and you can imagine the response I get. like, ah, ah, what do you mean? Empty and meaningless. What do you mean? I've got value. I've got meaning, buddy. Let me tell you. Yeah. And so I say, no, you don't understand. The fact of the matter is every day when you get out of bed, you get to wake up and assign whatever meaning you want your life to have that day. And you get to fill it up with whatever makes you happy. Yeah. And, and then they go, let me think about that. Because it's hard for them to get, hard for some people to get through that. Because you're right, it's a competition. It's it's get, get that extra buck, get a better house, get a better house than my neighbor. And I did that when I was a kid. Every, You know, and, until you learn that none of that matters. Well, you know, I like to say we live and breathe the stories we believe. And oh, there's a bumper sticker. There's a there's a T-shirt. <laughs> but that's so empowering to me because you can we actually write our own story. So we could say like, OK, well, this is a story I believe it's I, I don't like it. I don't want to keep it anymore. I can change it to something else. I just need to figure out what I want to change it to. Um, what's serving me today? And, you know, you know, we don't we can't. That's where the compassion comes in again, because we wrote a lot of stories for ourselves when we were very young and we did what we needed to do to survive. Like it was, it helped protect us and keep us safe at the time. But then the story that served you when you were five, maybe isn't the story that's going to serve you when you're 50. So it's just, you can now change like the story someone gave to you. You can actually say, okay, thank you for that story. And now I'm going to write a new one, you know, about anything in your life. Well, just like for you, if you believe the story that you told yourself when you were five, you would not be doing what you're doing today. Not, no, I would not. Absolutely true. And so you've evolved through that over time, which is, I think, what we are, one of the things that we're here to do. And you should be congratulated for doing what you do. I've been told that you are an extraordinary uh, uh, visionary and a, um, um, a intuitive and I, th I think that somebody needs to come work with you. That's what I think. Oh, thank you. No, I just, I, this was not the work that I had ever planned to do. Like, right. You could figure that out. If I want to, I tried to be an engineer. <laughs> I, I wasn't <laughs> going to plan to be like, hang up my shingle to be an intuitive healer or psychic or whatever, you know, that just wasn't on the, my path. Um, so, but the fact that I've gotten to this place that I'm finally saying yes to my soul because I've done so many things that my soul said, please don't do that. And I'm like, but no, it makes sense. Like this makes sense to do this thing. Um, now that I'm finally doing my soul work, it just is so, it's just so fun. Like, I just love it. It's fun. And um, I love supporting others who are on the same path just because again, it's just like, I'm coming from love and compassion and I know what it's like to be in that place of like wrapped up in your story of thinking, like you're not worthy. Like, I mean, like me, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve to exist. I mean, that's, that's a horrible story to have. So to actually say like, wow, I can actually release that story. That's cool. 
right? Yeah. Um, and that feels really good to help people in that way. And one one thing I just have to tell you is I, I do try. I try. I really, really, really try. But I cannot sometimes get through traffic without getting mad at somebody. And and uh, so, but I try. I I really try. So I'm I'm still human. I've got lots of work to do. No, that's that's part of the human experience. Like anger is an emotion. As long as you don't get like so wrapped up in the anger that it then you know what I mean. Like if you can feel the anger and let it express itself and move on, um, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just I, I don't know. I don't know the whole Zen. The whole like, oh, like, I, and I'm, I'm definitely not there. I mean, I still have all my stuff going on and I freak out about things and it's just, it's just part of being human and it's kind of a cool thing, you know, if you kind of see it that way. If, if you, if, and as far as like the Zen thing goes, if you, if you lose your emotions, in my opinion, you lose the good ones as well as the bad ones. Yeah. And so like when you, when somebody hits a home run and it's your team and you jump up and down and say, yeah. If you were Zen-like, you'd be okay, yay. <laughs> you know, so it's different, and it would it doesn't uh, it, for me it doesn't work because I'm an emotional guy, um, and I use all of my emotions sometimes not for the greatest of ideas, but you know that's that's we also don't you think we have to forgive ourselves? Absolutely, and that's a, maybe the hardest one for some people is to forgive ourselves. I mean, that's that, and that can be something that feels so uncomfortable, even the concept of it. But that's where, again, you're coming from compassion. Like, if you can have self compassion and just be like, because we judge ourselves, Kevin, we judge ourselves so much. Um, if you can come from a place of like, you know what? I love myself, even though, right? Um, then that's all part of my journey for getting onto like, well, and I do believe that everything happens for a reason, right? Even the mistakes we make, the quote unquote mistakes, um, they all happen for a reason. They all bring you to a certain place and that's part of your journey. So um, forgiveness is, is, is pretty key though. And I just want to point out to everybody that even though, you know, the, with the law of attraction and, and manifesting things, you, you can manifest something and it may not happen in the time that you think that it should happen. Absolutely. Um, I was, I manifested something in 20 years ago that showed up this year. Um, and I had no idea that it was happening, but I distinctly remember 20 years ago saying, can you please give me something here to work with? And, uh, it, and it took 20 years, but it's here. There you go. Yeah, it definitely, that's what you have to do is that's how law of attraction works too. It's like, you have to release, right? Like you, you ask, but then there's this surrender. It's not like, you don't get tied up in your details of how and when it's supposed to happen because that's the logical mind saying, I'm going to control it in some way. And no, it's not about controlling it. It's about trusting and surrendering, which is to me is one of the hardest things. I'm still wrestling with that, the trust, surrender, and faith. That's because I've operated very keenly for most of my life on logic. Um, that's what I was rewarded for. And so to kind of tell logic to take a back seat is very hard for me. By the way, we've been talking with, with, uh, Kim and pronounce your last name for me to make sure that we got it exactly right. I think, well, the way I say it is Nishida. Um, Nishida. that's the Americanized version. It's probably cause I'm, I'm half Japanese, half Korean. So it's probably Nishida if you're going to be technical about it, but I just say Nishida. <laughs> Kim Nishida. <laughs> Very good. And you can go to soulconnectioncommunity.com is one of her websites. She's got a couple. Do you want to give out another one? Um, yeah. Soul Connection Community is a great membership that I have. Um, you can also get more info and some free, like a free ebook from me at soulleader.me.me. Soulleader.me. Very cool. Very cool. I, we have to wrap this up and I'm, I, I need to have you back again. If you'll, if you will be so kind. It's been so much fun, Kevin. I really have enjoyed this time. It's kind of flew by to be honest. It does. It, it, it does for me as well. But before we go, I want you to be able to tell our audience, the ones that are listening now and the ones that will be listening in the future, because here's the thing. And you, you were right. Well, you were just saying that you've got to create something and then just let it go. 
I create these episodes and then I say to the universe and to my guides, all right, I did my job. You do yours and get whoever needs this episode to put it in front of them. And that's the end. So with that, I want you to be able to tell our audience now or in the future, anything that you would like them to know. Um, you are powerful, more powerful than, you know, you have this beautiful soul. It's not like, um, once you tap into that, then it's just so freeing, like you believe and trust it. Connection is easier than you think. And it can happen for you. Like all you can release all these stories and write a new one. Kim Nishida has been our guest and I want to thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, Kevin. Thank you. And uh, if you wait right there, I'll need to do this and I'll be right back. You got it. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we got.